Hey everybody, welcome back into the podcast daily. I am Austin Ward. That is Bill Landis, and we're deep into training camp. A full week now. Uh, really <laughs> getting into it for Ohio State. We're gonna try and do something a little bit different as we want to do, and we're gonna always try to do to provide a different spin on the coverage. We're gonna be out on the practice field on Thursday morning. Not sure exactly how much we're gonna get to watch, but we're gonna have some observations. We're gonna have some some snappy J's after that, some snap judgments. We're going to get into all that normal content. But on the daily today, Bill had an idea, and I'm going to let him tell you what it was. It was mostly just a reason to talk a little bit more about uh, Zim Mahalski, a young offensive lineman <laughs> who I'm pretty intrigued by. Uh, oh, you didn't tell camp. me that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty transparent. Everything I suggest is just a, a, another excuse to talk about the offensive line. But the idea is <laughs> is guys in, guys in this camp – for whom this camp is very important, but not necessarily for this upcoming season. More, more looking down the road to 2023 guys, maybe that we feel like aren't necessarily in a conversation for starting jobs now, or, or perhaps even you know number two on the depth chart jobs right now, but could very well be when we're talking about camp this time next year. Yeah, so I thought that was an interesting concept and a tricky one because you know sometimes if you get into that situation where we didn't want to talk solely about. True freshman. That'd be easy. That's normally a conversation. Of which ones do you think can play right away? Uh, and then you rattle through that list to get to where it's your second or, or third training camp and to not be in the mix to immediately start. There aren't that many guys that fit the bill generally. However, Ohio State, when it's been at its most successful over the last decade or so uh, that we've been covering this team, they've had fifth year seniors or veteran guys or Sixth-year guys like Justin Hilliard, guys who stuck through it, who got past that stage where we talked about them as really exciting freshmen or guys with second-year surges, maybe had some adversity, maybe it was an injury, maybe it was maybe it was anything. They just weren't ready. Guys were on different paths and different journeys. Um, they're not people that you should write off from the Ohio State program or forget about. So I liked that idea, and you can start with Zen Mahalski, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll start. We'll start with Zen, who is a guy who I I was almost immediately intrigued by when he when he signed with Ohio State because he he is the type of offensive line prospect that I tend to gravitate toward. He he is a guy who has a really good sort of athletic starting point, but is relatively new to playing offensive line. He was he was a defensive lineman in high school, was pretty skinny, um, sort of grew into a tackle frame, and then and then started to play that position in the latter part of his high school season. But this is not a kid who's who's been like a lifelong offensive lineman. Tackle to him is still relatively new. So, and even now at Ohio State, he's in his second camp with the Buckeyes. He's still probably learning a lot. I know uh, Byrne was talking with him the other day, and he said he had a rough go of it in pass, bro. Like, that's going to happen with guys like Zen. But his name comes up so often, and I think his athletic ability is is to the point where if if he is able to develop in this camp and over the course of this season – the way that I think he's capable of, I, I think he's a guy that you could be talking about going into 2023, say Paris Johnson leaves for the NFL. Obviously, we think DeWan Jones is going to leave for the NFL. And even if Donovan Jackson is a guy we think can kick out and play tackle, and that solves one of those problems, I think Zen could be a guy that we're having a very serious conversation about as filling that other tackle spot come this time next year. It'd probably be a real benefit for Ohio State if Zen and – Josh Fryer were able to play tackle and you don't have to move Donovan Jackson. I think that would mm -hmm. be, I, people have asked me a number of times, like 
what's going on with Ohio State's offensive line recruiting? And A, that's a, a better question for Berm. And B, I would say don't worry about 2023. And part of the reason is you have a camp for these younger players. You pointed out after day one that all of the freshmen were working out at tackle. Okay, so Ohio State is aware that they're going to have to plan for the future. This cap, this camp is important for that. They're getting a lot of reps at that tackle position. But if Fryer and, and Donovan Jackson or Zen Mahalski are able to, between those three, handle that spot, maybe it's not as pressing a concern that you have to go to the portal uh, in December or January the way it looks like they might or, or we would have thought going into camp that they might have to. We'll see. That's a conversation for down the road, but that's sort of the whole point of uh, the podcast daily today. I think we were kicking around some names. Uh, who should we talk about? Who's not maybe getting that attention? Who's important for 2023? It sort of didn't dawn on me until a second ago that Jaden Boward sort of fit mm-hmm. into that conversation. He had, he was one of the breakout guys from spring and we see the Devin Smith comparisons and, and the speed and the ability with the deep ball still going to be very difficult for him to crack that rotation if Cameron Babb is healthy, if Julian Fleming is healthy. You know, you have Marvin Harrison, Emeka Ibuka, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Starts getting dicey for a large number of reps. And he reminds me, the Devin Smith comparisons are apt, but he also reminds me a bit of Benjamin Victor in that if he's got that straight line speed and, you know, the, the consistency with catching the football that took a little bit of time and, a bunch of people ahead of him, you knew that Benjamin Victor was going to be very dangerous and very useful in the Ohio State offense, but it wasn't going to happen maybe at the rate that you thought it could just because of all those other circumstances. And I wonder if that will be the case for Jaden Boward. I talked a lot about him in the spring as someone who could really stretch things on the outside and that he was maybe going to be ready to take that jump once Brian Hartline got you know his hooks really into him and he took it seriously in the offseason. All that stuff can be true and still not show up as a consistent week-in, week-out threat in this Ohio State offense. I don't think that that opportunity is going to be there for him this year. That makes this camp important for 2023. Yeah, he, that's actually a good one. Um, and, and I'm glad you mentioned someone who's not a true freshman <laughs> because I think maybe for the rest for the rest of this conversation, I think you're going to be focusing uh, pretty heavily on guys from, from the most recent uh, re- recruiting class. So, But no, Jaden Ballard is a good one, um, especially in, the, in light of – just what we're hearing about Julian Fleming and like you said, the fact that Cam Babb is healthy, like at a certain point you have to cut off the receiver rotation. I know right. we've seen him go as, as deep as six, but even six felt like it was pushing it a little bit. And and when one of those six is Jackson Smith and Jigwood, it's really more like a, a, <laughs> a five, a five man rotation. And then one guy who's never coming off the field. So yeah. uh, those snaps, those snaps do get a little limited. Um, another guy on the offense uh, that I, that came to mind for me is, is actually a guy who I, at one point was thinking to myself, he he might have the best chance of all the true freshmen of playing this year. Uh, but then Kate Stover kind of settled in at tight end. Uh, Mitch Rossi got healthy. G. Scott Jr. is seems to be coming along in a way that I think that has the staff really excited, which leads me to believe that, there, that maybe Bennett Christian is not going to get to play a whole lot this year as a true freshman, despite the fact that he's showing up probably more ready as a blocker than any tight end they've had since since I've been covering the team. Typically, they get these guys who are receivers and turn them into blockers. Bennett's the other way around. Bennett, mm-hmm. Bennett came out of a high school offense where he was blocking almost all the time. He, he seems to really kind of relish that part of the position. But I just don't know if it's going to be needed that much this year. But, you know, it, after this year, you lose Mitrosian. Who knows? Like, 
Kate Stover is draft eligible. He could have an awesome year, and and I suppose go too. You, you could have some movement at that position that maybe is unexpected at the moment. But because Bennett is so advanced now as a blocker, I think that that build up period that we typically see with the position that's, that's usually more like three years here until guys are ready could be expedited a little bit for a guy like Bennett. So that makes this camp important. Obviously, he's his first. He's a true freshman. It's his first one on campus. He's got to get his bearings, but. Because he's so advanced there, I think he could make a real jump in year two going into 2023. Yeah, that's a great one, especially as you look at what Ohio State has uh, tried to do with the tight end recruiting for this particular class and uh, wanting two, currently sitting with one after a decommitment over the summer. Uh, that puts a little bit more importance on the guys that you already have on campus if you're Ohio State. What I'm going to do right now is try very hard to not say Kai Stokes. Just just say it, man. So here's how I'm going to do it. All the things that I would say for Kai Stokes about the position, you can apply to them and just pretend like I, I said his name if you need. I've talked it. I've said it so many times. And I'm going to say Jansen Dunn. So, okay. you know, he's, he's obviously not a true freshman. And in some ways, it seems like it because he's had to work through things physically to get back. He, he knows the lay of the land. He's had... Plenty of time to, uh, not plenty. He's had ample opportunity to learn what's going to be required in this scheme. He's been around the Woody. He knows what's going on in the strength program. Okay, so he's familiar. And he's going to be, at this time next year, a veteran presence. And what's fascinating about this experiment or, what, or backup plan, whatever's going on with Cameron Martinez and Jansen Dunn getting reps at corner, it tells you that, those guys have versatile skill sets, and then I'll talk specifically about Dunn, that they think he's capable of doing that and bringing value in multiple positions. That's not insignificant at all. Uh, it's also, you and I talked about on Tuesday, somewhat worrying that if if you can be lent out from that position, maybe what does that say about how important you are to the plans at safety? Yeah. Um, and I don't know which way that's going to go. It'll be up to him to determine that throughout this month of August where there's a lot of reps, uh, you know, a lot of competitive reps, a lot of opportunity. And with Ohio state having to keep one eye on the future where you know that Ronnie Hickman will be gone. Josh Proctor will be gone and Tanner McAllister will be gone. This I'm told is a safety driven defense. <laughs> well, those are three safeties. Those are the three starting safeties for Ohio state going to be going out the door. So you know that Kai Stokes is coming. He's going to be a factor down the road. Cameron Martinez is going to be in that conversation some way, somehow. Lathan Ransom, unless unless he really skyrockets, you know that's one of the spots that that should be taken next year. We'll see exactly what transpires. There's there's a full season to go, but the opportunity is there, and these reps are going to be important. You aren't going to get the opportunity back. But if you let the guys that are behind Jansen Dunn start pushing during this camp, namely someone like Kai Stokes, what does that mean for your future? For what position you should play? Uh, what discussions you have to have in December or January. I don't mean to put that sort of weight on his shoulders, but this is about that time where you're going to have to make a move if you're in his spot. I think he's a good one, and I think Jansen has a lot of talent. I always like to pick a, a player or two each recruiting class that I think like might most outperform their recruiting ranking, and I kind of felt like Jansen was that guy in the 2021 class, and then he got hurt and I don't know how much we would have seen of him anyway, but but he didn't get to really do much of anything last year. So that obviously set him back a little bit. But I think you're right. That's 
that's a position that's going to be or, or could potentially be wide open next year, assuming all three guys who we think are going to play the bulk of the snaps this year and move on. Uh, one other one other name that's in that mix that you did not mention is the secret weapon, Sonny Styles. Oh, the secret weapon. <laughs> did we or did we not predict there would be secret weapon headlines? There were secret weapon headlines, okay. yeah. Jim Knowles, Jim Knowles labeled the 17-year-old Ohio State secret weapon. You, <laughs> I would maybe pump the brakes on that just a little let's, bit. Let's go right to that betting window, collect our cash, and move on. <laughs> and take it down to Grove City and buy some cards. <laughs> Sounds great to me. Uh <laughs> I don't, I don't know uh, elsewhere on the defense. I don't know if there's a guy that immediately jumps out to me. Um, wh- one name I, I want to float out to you because I feel like you have a better read sort of on this guy's mindset and how he's how he's viewing things here in his first year is trip train yeah. him. And if if the idea is that Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg are just going to play a ton at linebacker, I think that's what we all expect. It's not to say that Chip's not going to play at all because I think he'll play some. But is there any part of of his path that you think maybe he's he's gearing up more to be a starter next year than he is to be like a major impact player this year? I think I think two things can be true. He saw how quickly Steel Chambers was able to acclimate into that role. And he also, over time, once he got on campus, saw that it was largely out of necessity. And if he did make that jump and could be productive right away. He was going to do everything in his power to do that. But I don't think he left Arizona State, came back here under the assumption that immediately he was going to be a starting caliber linebacker for a national championship team. That would be a lot to ask of anybody. And I, he's, from my dealings with him, is very level-headed. He made this decision in the long term and not that he needed to immediately play. Because if, if he wanted to, if it was just about being on the field, Arizona State would have already offered that to him. He could have had that. Mm-hmm. I think that he has an eye not only on that he has more than one year that he can play college football ahead of him. And if his best opportunity to cash a larger NFL check is at linebacker, then that's probably going to take some time to make sure you get it right. So I don't think that he views this camp as some sort of make or break situation or that he has to be on the field to play 50 snaps against Notre Dame. I think if he got to that point, great. But without having played games at linebacker, real games, not a scrimmage on Saturday, not the spring game, play in, play out tackling at that role, it's not something that you just are able to do at the drop of a hat. And even when Steel Chambers did it last year, you saw how resistant Ohio State was to letting him go, even when it started to look like, Mm -hmm. hey, it needs to happen. And I don't think that was just because of the coaching staff. It's also because you're not you're not comfortable, you're not confident, all those things that we've talked about with Steel Chambers before. So I do think that that previous experience also informs for Chip Trainum that it doesn't have to happen right away. But you look a year ahead, good chance that Ohio State has to replace some linebackers. This month is pretty important for that acclimation and then becomes really important when he does get the opportunity to see those reps during the season. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I, I think it almost it almost kind of sets up to me where, you know, Tommy and Steele could could both conceivably be done after this year. Maybe, maybe that's unlikely that they both would go, but let's say for the sake of conversation that they do, and then it's C.J. Hicks and Chip Train on time in my mind. So <laughs> I, I think everything you said about Chip kind of applies to C.J. Yeah. Hicks as well. C.J. Hicks has obviously played the position longer, um, but he's a, he's a younger football player. He doesn't have the college experience that Chip has. But I think if if Chip is viewing it that way, I think that would make sense. Now, he also just lost his black stripe, so 
I don't know, maybe maybe we're maybe we're wrong and, <laughs> and Chip's gonna be like splitting reps with Steel Chambers by the middle of the season. I think that's possible. Too, I definitely but, think it's but I possible. Think it's more likely yeah. that he Yeah, I, I think I, I would say right now that I feel like it's more likely that he's positioning himself to be a real difference maker in twenty twenty three than he is right now, but I'm not gonna write that guy off. Yeah, definitely not. And I think that there there could be situations by October where in a in a true passing down what two guys are out there? Steel and Chip, that's possible. I mean, third mm-hmm, third and sure. 15, I think that's a much better situation for him than Tommy Eichenberg. As much <laughs> as we, as highly as we think of Tommy Eichenberg's ability and the coaches talk about never making mistakes and all the other things, you know, that level of athleticism with two former running backs, um, that can create some issues. We'll see. Uh, who knows? I think we can both just say that it's important for Kyle McCord and everyone understands why. Yeah, yeah, I don't that's yeah, clearly. I don't think there's there's not much analysis that needs to go into that. He is uh yeah, he's he's he wants to be the man in 2023. So, he needs a he needs to hold off Devin Brown <laughs> uh and and keep and keep getting better uh over the course of this camp and whatever opportunities he gets in this Yeah, because he's he's going to have more of those. Once you get into a defined pecking order, as much as Ryan Day tries to avoid that, the backup has to be more prepared than your third string quarterback. That is obvious. Uh and that's the way everyone coaches the position at every level. So big year for Kyle McCord. That's obvious. We didn't have to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, and we've already spent more time on the podcast daily than we planned. Uh, like we said, sometimes it'll go long. Sometimes we'll just get on a roll and we won't stop. Um, sometimes we'll be talking about broadcast deals and it'll get weirder and, and shorter. Who knows? Uh, but that's, you have anything else you got, Bill, or are we good there? No, I'm good. There were no other guys who played uh, in the Philadelphia Catholic League who I wish to talk about. At this yeah, time. it's a big camp for Marvin Harrison Jr. You're right. Um, that's Bill Landis. <laughs> I'm Austin Ward. This has been the Podcast Daily. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for full coverage of another uh, open practice for Ohio State as training camp rolls along. And we'll be right back here tomorrow with another episode of the Podcast Daily. We'll see you then.